0: Everyone's fighting. Wait, no, they're discussions. Sisters know these things.
1: I'm Michael LaFaver. I'm Ryan Matlock. We're two not-divorced fans of Beyond Gilead.
0: (laughs) And you're listening to part two of our review of the Return to Peru trilogy by John Fornoff and Laurie Twitchell.
1: So join us for episode 96 on our Return to Gilead. Going back to this episode, speaking of context, what do you think about the way that Tom (laughs) goes about actually handling it in this episode? So, at which point? Well, John gives him the advice and then he decides to tithe and Monica flips out about it. Yeah. What do you think about the way that Tom is handling this conflict with Monica and is tithing when he's already giving to the orphanage? Was that worth the conflict that followed? And I think that's the bigger issue of just Monica's not a Christian and doesn't understand his values. But would Tom have made a different choice? If
0: John had given him a different advice about tithing. Good question. I think it's very difficult. It's very messy because he became a Christian after he was married, which yeah. often ends up with difficulty if the other partner won't follow because you're already at conflict with each other. I think if I were trying to help them peacemake together, like if if they were like, we're, we just are not seeing eye to eye on this and we need someone to break the tension then I would say, Monica, you have a bed and breakfast, right, that you run? And she'd say yes. And I'd say, okay. And Tom, you have a business that you run? Yes. Okay. And you both rake in semi-substantial money from that? Yes. Okay. Then if you can't come to an agreement via discussion, then one of you gets one fund, one of you gets the other. You put together a budget of the necessity like the bare necessity needs that your children have so groceries regular clothing not like oh i want to get a new outfit for frivolous reasons or anything like just figure out what that or
1: even like even i kind of agree with her reasonings for a new car but also yeah you could do with a used car that doesn't have a burger underneath the
0: seat i mean you can just clean it it doesn't cost that much to get your car detailed. it would
1: cost less than
0: (laughs) getting a new car but okay even those things it's like I think on the car, that's where they need to come to an agreement. And if they can't, then Monica can pay for it
2: mm. because
0: Monica's the yeah. one requesting all these heavy expenditures and expecting Tom to pick up the bill for it. And Tom is asking to pay for very little comparatively. He's asking to send a very small sum of money to Peru and Monica is not having any of it. So Tom wants to be generous with his money and help people. Monica wants to help herself with Tom's money, so if she wants to spend a ton of money on a bunch of things for her own needs, that's great. She can use her money.
1: Okay. Seems like a way to resolve it. Also, fits with her saying in the Winds of Change, you're not going to be using my money for this. You're going to take it out of your allowance. So it seems like he's already doing something like that for the donations. Sure. And yet... Saying to him, why are you neglecting our family? Monica, it's just the bank statement. There's nothing weird about it. It's just the, the money I'm donating to brew. Exactly. When Tiffany needs a new car, I need jewelry. And she needs stuff for her announcement about her. her mayor, yeah. Monica really needs to learn what a need is and yeah. what a want is. <laughs> and that's, again, how I like John Foranoff in this one. He doesn't make her overbearing and makes it pretty obvious what's going on. This is just how she's lived her life for so long. And Tom's going to have to put up with this now because now he's seeing her in a different light than before. So I like the Tom storyline in this one. Yeah. Although there was a weird inconsistency, I thought, in the first episode because Maya comes over no. the third scene before the commercial break and she's talking with Brooke about Brooke's trip to Peru and what Brooke liked about it. And then the next scene, Tom knocks on the door. John goes to get it and invites Tom in and they talk. And then the next scene is Tom and Maya walking back. And we didn't get any indication in the second to last scene before the break that Tom was there to pick up Maya or that he even knew
0: Maya was there. We don't really get uh, an acknowledgement (laughs) that Maya was there. She just comes down the stairs and he's like, Maya, well, I guess you spend most of your time here anyway. That's not surprising.
1: Yeah, that's probably how this went. But it just seems (laughs) like those scenes were, were it just seems like there was a disconnect there that all of a sudden they're walking together and talking about how they had their own separate
0: conversations and it was good. It's like. Okay, that was a little quick. I feel like those were two different writers writing those scenes. Perhaps, or maybe the scene where they got together got cut or something. For time, who knows. Yeah.
1: Speaking of things cut for time, wait, there really? Yeah, there's version differences
0: in the second episode. Oh well, before we get to that, I yeah. want to say I really liked the conversation between Maya and Brooke. I thought that was really cute.
1: Oh yeah, the one where she's talking about the kids in Peru, or or which one?
0: Uh, the one where she asks her to be her honorary sister, oh. and then uh, Brooke says something, and Maya says, "How'd you know?" And Brooke says, "Sisters know these things." <laughs> I, I do have a, little, a couple thoughts about that one. but like You've been a sister for five
1: seconds, but you know. <laughs> Let's talk about version differences and then we'll go to that scene because I do have some thoughts there. So sure. the only version differences here are for episode 96, I will follow. And in this episode, the first version difference comes up when Timmy's talking about his project that Justin helped him with and the CD version, the whole discussion about the earthquake and the tectonic plates, that whole thing was cut. It just cut straight to that's fine. Mike's wondering where Brooke is. So yeah, I'm kind of fine with that. I can't believe this part was cut, but the intro to Brooke's conversation with her parents—that incredible scene, the beginning of her praying—was cut. Oh, I understand why huh. something had to be cut, and that was it. But it's also incredible acting from Laurie Krieg, At which point I was hearing it, I was like, "This is Laurie's show. <laughs> this is Brooke's show." Don't Gilead Lane is—it's like it's the Richters, and it's Brooke. Like, there's so much development put into her, and <laughs> and so it's such great acting from her. I just want it to be her all the time. Sure. That part was cut. There are a couple lines in the conversation. One where John doubles down on like, yeah, 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 but you shouldn't have reached out in the first place. This case I was working on that he referenced earlier in the episode, he says the stalker was pretending to be a girl and he got all this information because this other person thought she was a girl. And Brooke has a line where she says, oh, they have no idea what my phone number is. I thought you called them. They have an answering machine.
0: They have a receptionist. This was back in like what? 2003, Six, right? 2006. 6. Caller ID. I remember oh. it was kind of hit or miss back then. Was that not a thing? Ah, and she calls from a home phone too, so Yeah.
1: Oh. All right, moving on then. There're like two lines right after that when Brooke says that there was something that's affecting the how she's going to changed her life going forward and her dad goes oh like you found out what you want to major in at school and she's like "Eh, a little more than that and then describe or a little sooner than that and then describes the trip to the orphanage and the rest of that scene is is the same so then two other little version differences there are two scenes that were cut after the commercial break one is the one of brooke calling becca and talking to her that whole thing was cut and we can talk about the details of that one if you want to later and then there's the scene of brooke journaling and that one was also cut or where she says she wanted to graduate with Becca and Luke, and that this would change those opportunities. Which is the last bit of dialogue we get from Brooke before she makes her decision at the end of the second episode. Mm. So before then, the only
0: the last thing we have. Oh yeah, is like the discussion with her parents, right? Yeah, yeah, that that would be it. I think. Yeah, I don't think that. I'm oh no, not no, it's with Maya. That's, ups- that's the last part. Oh sure. I'm not terribly upset at that because a lot of what Brooke says kind of ends up getting kind of redundant. Yeah. Like she talks about things with her parents and then talks about things about Maya, or talks about things with Maya, and it just sort of seems like she's rehashing how she feels over and over, which I like from a thematic standpoint because that's how searching for God's will can kind of feel. Like you're asking the same questions of yourself over and over until you do something. Mm. From that perspective, I find it artistic. But otherwise, I f- I feel like it can be cut and still you get the same information.
1: Uh, right now, I'm really liking Brooke's internal monologue because that's something we hadn't got since her conversation oh, with sure. her parents and her conversation that that with Maya. Too. So yeah, seeing it directly from her perspective and seeing her journaling, great thematic callback to season one, season four, all of that. I really like that. And yeah, it could be redundant. I personally didn't feel that it was. I was here for the emotion and I was here for the... That, that development mm-hmm. but sure it didn't bother me when i was listening on cd i'll put it that way I didn't it like didn't I bother me either
0: it's just sort of like
1: a huh that could be a more efficient kind of thought in my head anyway so the scene between maya and brooke i think it's a little bit awkward the second one because maya asks hey can you be my honorary big sister that's sort of random it comes out of <laughs> it comes out of nowhere at the beginning of the conversation and brooke just goes oh yeah sure and then maya goes so um I have something to ask you. And it doesn't seem like Brooke immediately catches on or she doesn't catch on from the fact that Maya is asking this question, that Maya has something that only a sister would be able to answer. Especially since we just had an episode called Closer Than a Sister in which Maya got (laughs) really close with Haley, And then Maya shows up and Mary's like, "Hey, you want me to get Haley?" And, and I was like, "No,
0: no." <laughs>
1: oh well, okay. We're just gonna
0: act like that. Okay. Poor you, Haley. You, you
1: TLJ'd this thing. That's um. That's great.
0: Was Haley in this episode at all?
1: Yes. Yeah, she was in yes, she was. all three parts. But anyway, she shows up and she asks that, and it it is cute. But then Maya goes through the whole verbal gymnastics of, "Let's say there's someone who." thinks her parents might be getting a divorce and Brooke immediately catches on because at the end she says, well, if, if this person wanted to talk about anything or something, I'll be, I'll be here. Oh, or what was it? If she wanted to share anything with her new honorary big sister. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. She's also got a line where she says tongue in cheek, like this is what she meant to say. God will hold your hand and take you through anything, which is something that's been in other episodes. And I, I like that message here, but the weird thing is when Maya's talking to her parents about like, who did you tell? And she says, well, I told Brooke, but I didn't tell her that it was me. Maya, you know, from the end of that scene that she knew it was you is extremely <laughs> she, obvious. She
0: pretty well knows.
1: Yeah. So. But that, she could deny it. She could say, I didn't exactly say it, you know. It's it's fine. I'm not yes. sure really. I'm not really sure why that was there. And also, yeah, misunderstanding conflict is back.
0: Misunderstanding conflict. Yay. Yes. So I like. I, I'm sorry. So Michael texted me and he said, <laughs> "Oh no, misunderstanding conflict go burr." <laughs> and. We I were just talking he, about we had just interviewing been talking about logistics for a future recording. Yeah, or, well, because we yeah. Well,
1: we're going to announce that now. Uh, hopefully he'll be coming on the podcast next episode. Yay! Yay! But
0: but <laughs> yeah, uh, he's he said, Haha, misunderstanding conflict go, go brr." And I thought, I thought he was saying, haha, misunderstanding conflict go brr." And I was like, "Oh, so there's a conflict that will make it so we can't interview Chris Blair." Because of a misunderstanding, haha! <laughs> like, oh n- no. no! And uh-huh. and he was like, "No, no, Maya, Maya!" In the episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I also sometimes And then I was, then I was like, time. "Oh, oh, it's a callback to the thing I was talking about in the last episode." Oh, cool! <laughs> <laughs> and also happy because we
1: get to interview, but also sad because we have to record tonight and it's really late. So, you know,
0: it's fine. There is no time in bossing. Say what? You've never seen Avatar, have you? No, I haven't. Ah, rats. You should. Again, it's I fun. have so
1: many shows that I need to watch. Misunderstanding Conflict. Can we talk about it? Yes. I like Misunderstanding Conflict when it's not just Misunderstanding Conflict. When it's closer than a sister and the whole thing is reduced to Misunderstanding Conflict, that's fine. But I think in this one, you can take out the Misunderstanding Conflict and still have something okay there. Misunderstanding Conflict, go birth.
0: Personally, I agree. This is a misunderstanding conflict. It's not the worst of them, because I think it serves good narrative worth when it forces a character to grapple with what would they do if the misunderstanding was true. Mm-hmm.
1: And she does well. She calls Caleb, like goes to a support yeah. structure.
0: Yeah, so she she reacts as she probably should and would have to if that was the case. But even so it's weaker than if she had an accurate understanding of what was going on and had to grapple with that. So naturally, as misunderstanding conflicts are, right. I'm wondering how common
1: this particular misunderstanding is, thinking your parents are going to get a divorce. I mean, that's going back to the first episode of Family Portraits right there.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, With that being a thing in Family Portraits and here, I don't know if that was like a common thing that media companies like focus on the family or keys for kids were getting letters about or they were seeing in studies of children or or polls of children and their biggest fears it wouldn't surprise me because i know that with like the sexual revolution and everything that kind of was coming out around that time or well not coming out around that time but being seeing the uh the consequences of, of around that time yep uh, it wouldn't surprise me because that's when the whole 50% divorce rate thing was coming out, which since since has gotten much better. Yeah. And there's so many broken families that could benefit
1: from this ministry. And which is why I so mm-hmm. appreciate this ministry for, for bringing up things like that and for focus on the family, for tackling it so quick, so early on in the show. And for, I'm assuming, I, I, I still don't know about Lori Twitchell's faith necessarily, but I it whatever... The Christianity that she's portraying here is wonderful that she's doing that. So her heart for the Lord, at least in these episodes, really shows. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. And fortunately, it's not actually a conflict between Tom and Monica, which makes me kind of confused as to all of Monica's little quips in the last couple episodes about the your clients aren't the only ones who are thinking about leaving and you'll have bigger problems than just this on your hands and stuff. What, what what was she talking about? Was she threatening leaving without actually leaving, or, or maybe she was actually thinking about divorcing him? And then she sees how
0: it's affecting Maya and goes, uh, nope, I'm gonna gaslight you. That didn't happen." Or no, she is like, he is like, the clients are threatening to leave, and she's like, "They're not the only ones." What do you mean by that? Caleb's threatening to leave for college. <laughs> terrible retcons we'll have more of those later but you know the people in my bed and breakfast are threatening to leave they're
1: not the only ones i need to go get jewelry (laughs) there was a skit in our kids church service or like our our kids ministry where there was this one guy who would have a power tool sitting on a bench he turned to his brother and go hey do you know what this is and the brother would go and say, "Uh, yeah, it's an impact driver." No, this! And he'd pull out a chainsaw from behind the table. This is a chainsaw.
0: And he's like, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about?" Uh, yeah, that sounds about like children' ministry. It was legitimately little bit funny. I liked familiar it. Familiar with? Yeah, that's funny. Hey,
2: Michael and Ryan, it's Bryn. As I've mentioned on many occasions, I listened to the uh, episodes right before you guys did the review, the way I've got them fresh in my mind. Well, as I was listening to Unfinished Business, I was struck by the sound effects in the hospital. If you listen, at least to me, it sounds like they've got Maya on a ventilator. I don't know, it's just the way the sound effects sounded to me. And so, all of a sudden you go from Tom talking, and then all of a sudden Maya's talking. Well, I don't. That just doesn't make sense to me because if she's got a ventilator in her throat, she can't talk. If she's got the tube down her throat, so I wanted to hear what you guys thought of that. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to listen to that particular area of the episode, but hopefully, maybe you guys can give me your thoughts on it.
1: Well, oh. my apologies to Bren for not getting this in an, uh, an earlier episode. It was kind of sad because I was like, "Yeah, we didn't make it into this episode, but it'll be in the next one." And then I released the next episode. He's like, "Uh, I guess not that one either." I'm like, "I'm sorry, man. We just..." It, it, things were rough the last uh, the the couple reviews surrounding unfinished yes. business. But now, finally, as the last episode of season seven,
0: we uh, we're, we're getting to <laughs> it. So yeah,
1: uh, thoughts on that, Ryan?
0: I didn't hear that sound effect, but if I'm sure it's there, I trust Bren. And so if it is there, yeah, that that is a bit of a conflict. Uh, you would need that to be removed from the throat before you could speak properly
1: see what we didn't hear was when Tom was turned around and talking about Monica or Tiffany showing up Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) see it was a miraculous healing even the ventilator disappeared the ventilator disappeared it's a miracle no but that means you're paying attention to the sound effects maybe I'll drop that in here
2: hello Maya I got you some balloons today yellow your favorite color
1: Of course, I can't hear it, and Ryan can't hear it either, but that's the idea. No, I heard it.
0: Uh, That was good. Okay, well. I've made that joke before. I'm sorry. (laughs) You have. So many times. Let's go to the raps. (laughs) All right.
1: Two-thirds of the way through this long review, we still haven't gotten to the big discussion of this episode, which... Uh, at this time of recording the rest, we actually haven't recorded. Uh, it's just taken a while to to get through this whole review. But we will be discussing even more about these three episodes and something that happens in episode two and the conversations in episode three that we didn't get to here in the next part of this trilogy. So, Ryan, appreciate your thoughts. I feel like I say that every time, but it's always true. Thanks for being a part of
2: this, oh, man. I appreciate you, too.
1: So, how can people get in touch with us,
2: Bren? What? I'm going to need you to get in your car, drive to your nearest Walmart or your nearest electronics store, go to the back of the store where the electronics department is, find one of those computers that is on display, look for the internet browser, and go to <laughs> um, my <man>. Um, <laughs> he's actually, it's actually not
1: www.returnedtogillian.com, so... What would happen
0: if you typed that in? It would just redirect to return to Gilead.com. Exactly.
1: Okay.
0: It's good for your (laughs) typing dexterity. Just to
1: type three extra W's three times. Why not just say World Wide Web dot, because www is harder to say than World Wide Web. Because if you say that,
0: people are going to type in literally World Wide Web. You're right. Okay. Well, I feel it's like I feel like we've said enough in this review. Hi everyone, I'm Ryan, and I'm Michael. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you all in the next episode as we once again return to Gilead.